Greetings and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Queston Media. I'm your host, Eming Piancai. For this episode of Margin Call, we thought it was very important to address the rise of violence against the Asian community that's been happening recently. This is in reference to the March 16th shooting in an Atlanta spa that included the deaths of six Asian women. I'd like to welcome our guests, Albert and Bryant. Um, Bryant is a, is a San Francisco native who grew up in Chinatown. He currently works for the Department of Public Health. And Albert, who has been on the show before, long, 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 long time friends. Thank you both for for um, for for being here today to discuss this this really heavy, but hopefully a topic that we can kind of see the light at the end of this dark, dark tunnel. So again, thank you so much for 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 being here today. So I just want to dive in. So. Following the shooting in Atlanta, in San Francisco specifically, there has been a rise of, of attacks on, on folks who are Asian, specifically the older group of people of, of Asians in, in, in the Bay Area. And I personally, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm half Asian. I have a lot of family in, in the Bay Area who, who are, you know, kind of are out there and at risk for these attacks that are currently on. And it's really scary. Like it is scary. Like this is, it's, it's, it's not okay. What's happening right now is wrong. And people who are doing it should be punished and call it what it is. This is straight up racism. The, uh, the officials in the Atlanta shooting have not called this a racial incident because they think it's a sexual issue that he was having mental thing. But I think it is totally rooted in a form of racism. And what's been happening since then is is also the same category, racism all the way down the line. And I personally want to call out who started this, Donald Trump. When the coronavirus hit, when everything was happening, he perpetuated this idea that it's it's like all the fault of China. It's it's the China flu, all this stuff. And I think that has created a dialogue with within the the world or at least the United States where now people are blaming random people on the street for things that have been happening. And it's just it's not it's not OK. And so I really want to speak to people who might have feelings, thoughts as to what's been happening and in some sense, make sense of it because it's 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 so heavy and it's so confusing and there's just so many things at play. Um, how have you guys been feeling? How has your families or friends been feeling about the events that have been happening right now in the Bay and beyond? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my, you know, I, I personally, you know, I feel like these events has kind of hit close to home on uh Kind of a personal note because you know i um there was an event that happened in knob hill and it was pretty much uh in the neighborhood where i grew up as a child um so i just kind of imagine how you know this could be like my grandmother or one of my other family members just being in the neighborhood um and just you know, all of a sudden these senseless attacks come out and um, it just kind of brings, you know, anxiety and um, it, it, whenever someone steps outside their homes, um, kind of uh, gives a feel about like the sense of safety that we ha all have. Um, so, um, 
you know, um, I, I have been making sure, you know, my family are safe and make sure they, they stay close to uh, people around them and just uh, um, having uh, more, more uh, a sense of awareness in their environment whenever they go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think um, it, it's definitely something that we we all um, have to definitely uh, tackle together as a community. Right. right. But so, so Brian, um, just out of curiosity, what do you you personally think are is the is the reason for these attacks? Like, is there a specific thing you think has has caused it, or is it just like over time this has kind of just like become a thing that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the Asian community has become a target for this kind of thing right now? Yeah, that's that's a definitely really good question. Um, you know, I, I do I do know that we as as an Asian American myself, um, I know that there has been a long history of racial injustice, you know, ever since uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. And, you know, with, uh, with events like, you know, when, when our previous president, Donald Trump, you know, his rhetoric and, and racist language when he was in presidency, you know, it, it definitely fueled the, the type of hatred and tension that we have today. And I, I, I can't say or, or, or point fingers at just one kind of uh, reason behind all these attacks, but I feel like it's, it's a combination of um, historical injustice and also um, with the hardships of the COVID pandemic and then all these bottled up emotions that people, you know, are, are kind of just like having to, to uh, go through um, and then just, you know, having to release all that hatred among one, you know, among people in our community. I, I just feel like that's definitely has uh, all these different factors play into a role in why these things are happening. Right. Um, Albert, I want to throw it to you because um, I know you had some sp- specific things you wanted to address, but I also wanted to to remind our audience that we used to work together at New American Media. We worked with a lot of at-risk youth and we had a lot of experience dealing with like um, violence within communities and stuff like that. There's this very specific story I think you wanted to touch on. So I'm going to I'm going to let you do your thing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think like um, one of the things that uh, triggered um, just just this thought process of just how I felt um, kind of brought me back to that moment where you and I worked together and it was this particular piece that one of our youth actually um, wrote. And um, this piece just kind of like talked about and, I, and, you know, I'm fudging some of the facts, but I'm pretty sure that you know, it surrounded this very topic about, you know, violence against uh, Asian, you know, over in a specific part in San Francisco. And what was interesting about was just the perspective that the article took was just more so kind of like digressing what the violence was about towards the individual in this particular case was, you know, to the elderly Asian person. And this, um, but it, you know, the article was just focused a little bit more on about like, you know, well, it happened because, you know, it was just time and opportunity. 
um, I remembered like, you know, us kind of like having that, that, that editorial back and forth of just like very different feelings and emotions. And when you brought this up uh, and, and I saw it on the Facebook post, I said to myself, you know, I remember that. I remember how I felt. I remember that it's the same feeling that I have right at this given moment, which is like, why are we giving um, this issue an underlying excuse, right? Um, as Bryant mentioned, and as you mentioned, I think like, you know, uh, during 45's presidency and um, post-presidency. Shall not speak his name. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I, I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I am Voldemort <laughs> all the way, you know. I know, I know, I know. I'm aware. I'm fully yeah, because, aware. Because, yeah, because I mean, this is the thing. It's just like, you know, first of all, yes. When you look at the historical significance, this is what I really upsets me. When it comes about race, it's always swept under the rug, okay? Um, there's always an excuse behind it, right? When you heard the um, police officer, um, I think he was the, the captain, speak, right? Mm-hmm. Again, to me, that was just, you know, America as usual. Here we go. He just right? had a bad day. Yeah. He cool. He didn't mean to. He just yeah. felt a certain way this morning and he wanted to go kill some people. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, this is also an individual who kind of like sponsored some sweatshirts that actually. Yeah, he posted some China, sweatshirts. China you know, flu. China flu. Kung flu. Yeah. And, and, and here's what I'm saying. Like, you know, this is what upsets me that, you know what? Um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, America has a history of focusing race. Right. But not admittedly kind of like saying, well, there's a hierarchy at play here. Like we are talking about just like privilege here. We're talking about privilege as far as whiteness is concerned. So um, I feel like like this is just something that's just always swept under the rug, whether it's Asian, whether it's Latino, whether it's uh, African-American, it doesn't matter, right? It's just there's something at play here that is always, to me, the common language here is that yeah, there is kind of like um, this uh, idea of just superiority within whiteness that just always dominates. And again, kind of like degrades everything below it. So, you know, something is like, we're talking about tragedy here, just like with George Floyd, just like, you know, with a lot of other cases, it's just like, you know what? Oh, well, you know, this, this is what happens. And this is where it just becomes now post 45. Listen, he... he I hate giving this man credit for anything, but let me tell you something. He did expose the face and made the face comfortable to speak, right? So that's what's deadly to me, right? Um, I think I've said this before, Eming, you know what? Sometimes it's better to know the devil than not know the devil at all. And I think that's the benefit of post 45's presidency that now we know the the devil right um just from your your own personal perspectives like where where do we go from here like last summer we had the protest after george floyd even though like you know there was still a lot of police brutality going on and even though like the country as a whole like said like we don't want this anymore um i'm wondering like is 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 this going to be mimicked or duplicated now with this particular issue? And do you see that happening now? And if not, why? Um, well, I think, you know, with all the bad 
that we're seeing right now. Um, I think there's also a lot of good that's coming out. Um, and, you know, I, I see and hear about um, these different type of community organizations coming together, uh, volunteers uh, coming out to, you know, escort the elderly um, in Asian communities to go grocery shopping or take them back home safely. Um, there, there's a group uh, I heard about in Oakland um, called Compassion in Oakland, and that's what exactly what they do. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, there has been some positive and um, there, there's even, you know, um, places in New York where there's restaurants and volunteers coming together to deliver foods for um uh, elderly individuals, you know, who who usually stay at home and don't really go out um, due to the pandemic and these rising cases of attacks. So um, I think I think there there we we do see a lot of bad, but um, you know, people are coming out together to uh, voice their concerns, and there has been a collaborative uh, teamwork where people of different backgrounds and, and ethnic groups and, you know, uh, different just uh, racial races and coming together to, to um, help these uh, minority groups to, to feel a, a sense of hope, you know? Yeah. I think like um, that's what's really positive about it. I think like one, it brings the conversation about, um, I feel like sometimes um, we, we as a country, um, uh, are being fed a story, especially with mainstream media, right? And then I think, like, at the end of the day, um, it's good to see that, um, as Brian mentioned, you know, seeing kind of like this unity in a sense of where, you know, there is the message that's being sent. So I think that's good. Um, I think, like, you know, uh, people taking their own accountability and handling these things um, within their own realms is a beautiful thing to watch, right? Um, not letting like the big national narrative really kind of like control this thing, but like, you know, um, these uh, organizations in Oakland and, and New York taking a grab, you know, a, a hand in this and just saying, this is what we're going to do about it, right? Um, in my opinion, um, that's great. Uh, but here's the other thing. Um, and I, I'm, again, I have a really conflicted way of thinking about this. Um, I'm really going to take kind of like my upbringing and stance on this, right? Um, this is great when you're trying to go the high road, right? Um, I'm going to have to bring it to the streets real quick. Um, if you remember that one lady uh, on market just happened a week ago, or mm -hmm. maybe this week, oh, she who beat, took matters in her own hands. beat that yeah. boy. And mind you, you That's know, not and, satisfying and, though. And, well, here's the thing, not and not to not to kind of like degrade the situation because you could tell that she, you know, I don't want to like suppress her pain, but you mm -hmm. could tell she beat that ass, right? Mm -hmm. She beat that ass well, right? But she was in pain. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. She was crying. She was in it. And you know, there is a self-fulfilling satisfaction or prophecy when it comes to that, right? Because I've obviously you react, you beat his ass, and then when you sit and think of that, now you have to deal with a whole different level of pain, right? Right. Um, this is where it becomes kind of like, you know, um, how sometimes I feel like, you know, um, 
Ming, you know that I'm big on like mental health, right? Because you know what? In the moment, this is just something that you know you're going to react. You're going to, you know, you're going to do. It. But th- what comes afterwards is something that also kind of like can lead you down another road, right? Like her life has changed now, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing of this one incident. So to me, it's like, well, we have to focus on what happens, right? Because we can't go back. Right. We can't go back and change it. Now we yeah. have to just go ahead and think about, well, how do we support this, right? Um, we can do that as a community. We can go ahead and seek out, you know, other means of services. But I think also um, the narrative has to be united as well. Um, yeah. I think also like, um, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, united is where, you know, that 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 whole adage of just a closed fist, right? One, one finger can do one pointing, but when you actually have five fingers pointing and then close it, you know, that fist becomes very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when it comes down to race, when you, we start seeing the common grounds of just like where this inequality really comes in, um, I hope that it really brings this idea of diversity into a, a stronger personification of strength. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really mm-hmm. wanting. That's what I feel. Right. Just to add to what Albert was saying, um, you know, that recent attack on Market Street with the elderly woman and how she was all bruised up, you know, you know, for me, I'm not really a proponent of violence, but, you know, I do believe that when it comes to self-defense and, you know, defending and, and making sure you're safe, you know, sometimes do these these acts are necessary in order to protect yourself and the ones you love. And, you know, for me, as cheesy and cliche as it sounds, I think love is the answer, you know. And I think what what we all have to do as a community, we, we have to show a bit more of compassion and understanding uh, you know, through through patience and empathy, um, you know, learning about the history of uh, Asian Americans and um, like how you know immigrants in this country are the backbone of where our society is right now. You know, right. um, and I think it, it it kind of buckles down to education and and also having these type of conversations, um, right. just starting a dialogue and, and talking about these issues, um, instead of just reacting, you know, I, I feel like it, it, it's like a fight or flight response, you know, that sometimes we are triggered by like little things and we tend to overreact and kind of just let the beast out of the cage. But I think, sometimes we do have to step back and just kind of think about like why this person is doing things they're doing and you know where did they come from and how were they raised or what kind of family they have or what's their socioeconomic situation like um what kind of neighborhood were they raised in and there's all type of factors that come to play uh, you know, internal external resources that these individuals have, uh, you know, it, it, I feel like there's so many factors that play into why a person does what, what they do. And I think just, just being able to um, start these conversations and think about it is an important step into 
decreasing, you know, these, these senses. So, so how does that even begin? How, how do we enter a space where we are able to educate and communicate with people who clearly have an ax to grind, an ax to, to grind that really has no basis in reality, honestly, um, because it, it seems like these people are targeting people who seem defenseless, who they have feel like they can just walk out their door and smack them in the face and, mm. and it's fine. Um, mm. h- how do you even begin to bridge that gap of communication when clearly there's, there's hate, there's so much hate in them um, for reasons that seem a little bizarre, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, Oh, go ahead, Albert. Well, you know, um, Ming, I think like, uh, and I'm just going to go a little bit uh, kind of like on another note uh, to, to Brian's point, only because I think like, yes, Brian, I believe, you know, the overall messaging and how we approach it with this aspect of love is great, right? Um, but then I'm also thinking about um, the Asian community and what voices they needed in this country to actually stand up for them. So what do I mean by that, right? When I think of of this country and I think about the voices that spoke for those that needed to fight oppression, uh, you know, Black Panthers come in mind for the African-American community and people of color. Um, in, in, in my history and in my upbringing, you know, the young lords were very militant, okay? Um, and it's it's interesting because you know these histories we're just learning about now in some cases, right? And when I think of the young lords and I think of the Black Panthers, I also think about well, I wonder if um, the Asian community had that kind of militant type of group or organization that would actually stand up. And and you know, and I think Brian, you brought up something really interesting when it came down to like um, just all the propaganda against Asian people in history and. And since I've moved to the West Coast, I've learned so much about just like kind of like, to, to be honest, all the fucked up shit that has, you know, happened to um, Asian American community and just like immigrants coming in from Asia. You know, it's really interesting because then I was thinking about, man, well, has, has um, the history in California or anywhere in the U.S. had a group? that had that militant mindset, right? And maybe I just need to inform myself, right? Um, but that's what I wish. I wish like maybe I I can hear that story to see, was there a militant mindset to really kind of like take on that American ideal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because right. I think like, you know, it's funny. It's funny because I, I, I don't know, but to me, those groups were successful in really sustaining and, embedding themselves in this American ideal, right? So I don't know if uh, there's anything or that, and I would love to learn if there was something like that. But go ahead, Brian. I think like, you know, that's where I wanted to just mm. think about like that action, right? Where does that action come from? Yeah. Uh, I feel like when when someone sees something, do something, right? And uh, I, I think it's it's time for, for us all to, um, you know, speak up for those who are, are, you know, facing adversities or if, if you see someone, you know, being picked on or bullied or, uh, just, just, you see something that's, 
just clearly unacceptable. You know, you, I, I feel like we all have a role to play in, you know, defending and, and just being able to speak up for that individual. And that's, you know, at, at during these times, um, it, it's definitely, definitely hard to, to kind of even, you know, consider it, you know, but I, I think it just starts with just, you know, it starts with baby steps. And if one person can do an act of kindness, I think it can definitely be contagious and, and spread throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking about is just like, cause clearly these people have like, you know, there's, there's, this is a long seated thing. This isn't, this isn't new. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, like the Asian community has been a target for a while, like throughout the years, like this isn't just a new, because we're in a pandemic thing. This is like, it's a, it, it, it's a long historical issue. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and from what I, from what I know about, at least in California, like there hasn't really been a lot of fight for it, you know, like people, it, it happens and then it gets reported on and then people forget about it and then it becomes history. And then, and then history just repeats itself. So as a, at least as, as a state, as a city, as as a county, like what do you guys see being done at least on the state level or at least on the government level? Like how has the actions that have happened or been happening? Who is going to take an take action to protect these people who are being hunted down on the streets on a daily mm-hmm. basis now? Like this is scary, and someone needs to be held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you, you definitely bring a good point. And uh, I, I believe uh, President Biden also just um, signed an executive order on uh, xenophobia. And um, also there's uh, the, the No Hate Act um, that, that also is going to be uh, improving, you know, hate crime reporting in, in the country um, so that we have, you know, be- better data and statistics in, in uh, the number of these, these crimes happening. And so, uh, yeah, I do feel like, you know, um, our people in power um, definitely need to step up and, and, you know, uh, support and maybe even fund different type of organizations to, to help combat uh, these racial injustices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think to your point of just like what, you know, what is the government's or municipalities, you know, responsibilities to these things. Right. Um, you know, again, I think I'm, I'm taking more on the approach of just like direct action um, uh, and using kind of like these policies as kind of like the basis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's be clear, right? When we talk about the history of America and whiteness and race, okay? Um, one of the biggest powers that white supremacy has ever had is to really reinforce these policies and kind of like bend them to their will, okay? So, you know, when you look at the 14th Amendment and you look at all these policies that has have really been you know, this vague understanding that it's for all people, but, you know, a specific group of people really took that and made it into their own and really made it into their own policies that 
are still enforceable. Like, you know, when you look at the right to bear arms, um, which is, you know, a fundamental right for all of us, right? All of us, all of us in this country. But because some of us culturally or morally have differences of opinion on that, we choose, right? Mm. But it's it's obvious that certain groups in this country have used those policies to their advantage. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think education about the, our rights and, and everything culturally and here with the Asian community, I feel like, yes, it's. It, I think the challenge is just, you know, kind of like um, the challenge to battle uh, a culture's moral values and everything. And then how do you go ahead and, you know, use um, what this country gives you rights to do and how do you make both of those things work? It's probably the biggest bar- battle for different cultures and races in this country. But we have to start to teach them that you do have these rights while you're living in this country. Uh, and I'm just using the rights to bear arms as one of them, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about just as a whole um, action on that sense and really kind of like really educating um, the Asian community that is being threatened that, you know what, as Brian mentioned before, yeah, self-defense is within your right. Okay. Um, you know, um, and, and, and again, uh, right to bear arms is within your right. Um, the biggest battle, of course, becomes just that moral decision and everything else. But I think just starting with just that, um, our, our municipalities have to be able to go ahead and let people know what is within your right of what you need to do. Uh, on the topic of, you know, bearing arms and like tr- with the increase of these these cases, you know, ever since the pandemic, um, this these cases uh, of, you know, like elderly attacks i know you know personal friends of mine they they even you know uh took took action to themselves and you know um you know have their own license to um and even purchase their own firearm to keep you know um just just as a a a way of protecting themselves you know um and yeah I, i definitely do agree, you know, when, when it comes to your present, the preservation of life, you know, and when it comes down to just, uh, just being able to, uh, just defend yourself in a day-to-day situation. Um, I, I feel like it, it is important for people to know about these rights and these resources that we have in order to, uh, stay protected and feel a better, have a better sense of safety. Right. Um, do either of you know if the shooter in Atlanta, um, how he acquired his gun? I don't actually know this. I was curious if you guys did. No, it's fine. I saw um, it ask. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and here's the thing. Yeah. Don't, and my wife and I were talking about this. Um, I believe, and I, I, we can probably research it. I believe he purchased the gun before Mm-hmm. even went and did the shooting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about almost mm-hmm. like less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that should be kind of like really looked at and discussed, right? Right. Because again, um, I think um, Biden just announced or the New York Times reported that, yeah, the ban on assault rifles, uh, he's putting up there. Yeah. Um, but, but here we go. But I mean, I think that's something that's really interesting as well, because I think, you know, that brings up a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. But um, to stick with with what we're talking about, the problem is just more so like you know this 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 guide on just like not using not trying to really admit that this was 
in some way, shape, or form a racist act. Yeah. Right? Mm. Which is hard to prove. They don't want to say that. They don't want to no, say no, that no, that's no. what it was. And that's what I'm don't. saying. That, they don't. It's crazy and, to and, me. And, and there's almost like there's this this thing where the media is now trying to like really shape the message, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to say this, but you know, um, uh, with this recent event, what happened in Boulder, Colorado with the shooting, right? The grocery store. Yeah, it's really funny that all of a sudden, kind of like the facts of the case have not been disclosed yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because, yeah, I know it's a, you know, it's still happening and it's still going mm-hmm. on right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, but it's a nice story. I almost feel like, you know, well, sometimes some people, you know, some media outlets were very quick to shoot out certain things. And mm-hmm. now it's almost like they're taking a step back. Mm-hmm. The, with the Atlanta shooting, it was real quick, real fast, because the community actually put out a lot of that information. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you know, you know, people were taking responsibility on their own saying, no, 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 it wasn't. So mm-hmm. I don't know. My point is, yes, I mean, it's like we're not really discussing the reality of this right mm-hmm. it, we're not really looking at it how we should be looking at it at the lens that you know how is it that you really can confirm whether it's racist or not no you really can't without a reasonable doubt but remember that's based on the law right but we as people of color and people who have been in this country already understands behaviors that have happened historically that are similar to this Mm. Right. That is our proof. That is our justification. That is the way that we go ahead and we realize, you know what? Sometimes you just can't escape human behavior and how these acts are done consistently throughout our history. You Mm. can't escape that. Right. Um, So I guess one of of the last things I want to ask you guys is um, kind of going back to the root of everything. How do we protect our people from being like it's it's not an easy task it's it's you know there's 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 just too many people out there and good good or bad like and out there in the world just walking down the street so how 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 do you guys foresee um on just the the everyday level how how do we protect the ones we love from getting hurt from from people who are out there trying to trying to do some not so nice things Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I think um, some of the things that we can do um, when I uh, brought up, you know, the, the community organizations and volunteers helping out, I think um, empowering those organizations and and funding and even taking our time to help out and volunteer ourselves, um, that will definitely, you know, uh, bring more support and, and, you know, uh, have, have, you know, a, a, a larger force in, in coming in together. And, um, definitely I, I feel like we should definitely look into who our allies are and come together, uh, to combat, combat racism and, and violent acts as a community. Um, you know, coming together with all our brothers and sisters in solidarity. I mean, uh, yeah, to me, I think like, you know, um, again, um, just because of the times we live in, um, it makes you think about how do you protect your friends and your family? Um, as I've mentioned to you, I mean, you know, when, when you brought this up, you know, I thought of my friends who were going through this and I thought of Brian and I thought of other people who I know within my circle that I care about 
Uh, and I was like, you know what, how do I help? Um, well, I know Bryant has a voice that I don't, right? Um, I want him to share his experience. And here's the thing, that's my way of doing it, right? Um, kind of like really bringing those stories out through, I can always put in my opinion, but you know, I, I you know, giving people the platform to do it is mm -hmm. definitely right. the best way to do it. Right. right. Um, there are many perspectives out there that are unheard, that are unsung, that are not really being covered by mainstream media that I think like really become these important stories. And then here's the thing. Um, and Brian, please, uh, you know, let me know if I'm wrong in this, but you know, I feel like sometimes in the Latino community, mm -hmm. um, the, the fear of coming forward is because of what the repercussions um, will have an impact on those individuals, right? Oh, I yeah, feel yeah. like the Asian community also has that that type of mentality. I could be wrong. Definitely but, relatable. But Definitely. I think like yeah. that's the other thing is just like people are afraid to come out because I think they don't want to deal with the repercussions of what comes with that, you know? Um, and, 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 and I look into the Black Lives Matter movement and everything because there are some really vo strong voices that come out that are just very militant in given ways. But here's the thing, I think like, you know, providing people the platform to say something, to encourage people to come forward and say, it's okay, regardless of what you may think about it, it you know, that's important to me. So I think like, that's really where I would say, and you know what, to my family, I, I just give them all the opportunity to be like, you have a right to protect yourself. You have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to go ahead and call people to help you. But as Brian said too, uh, as well, you know, in, in the idea of unity, you know, if you do see something that is unjust, this is where I would say, you know, um, keep yourself safe, but also, you know, be willing to have that courage to go ahead and just, you know, try to help out the best means that you can in those given situations. Right. Sure. I, I, I really love that on one hand, like Albert, you're like, be a fist. And then Brian's like, love is what we need. So it's like, it's very, it's, it's very like, it's two different things. But, <laughs> but even though they do relate, but I, I, I just find it fascinating that you both have like very different perspectives in that respect. And that's, that's kind of interesting to me. Um, um, now I'm going to show my, my age. I'm going to show my age, but I believe in Radio Rahim. And um, <laughs> do the right thing. And, you know, if, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, maybe I'm just aging myself. But, you know, Radio Rahim had two um, uh, rings on each hand. One said love and hate. Mm -hmm. okay? So I think like it's that if you, if you get a chance, just go and see that. But I think this is where I connected with Brian on because I know like Brian has a really good approach. I'm really looking at it on one way, but I, you know, I come in and I have to say, yeah, that's, that's great. But I think sometimes right. mm -hmm. we have to put that as another place to go ahead and do that. So I'm glad that that came across, mm -hmm. but Radio Raheem, so I realize this is a very dense topic. Um, but before we wrap up, is there anything else that you feel like we didn't touch on that you feel like needs to be said? Um, or just, you know, anything that you think, um, is worth bringing up? for this particular topic? I mean, I, I just want to say, um, I, I definitely want to, uh, you know, uh, commend those who are speaking out about the, about this topic. Um, and, and, 
Yiming and Albert for for giving me this opportunity. Um, you're, this platform. You're, you're always welcome to come back on. Sure. If you have more to say, you're always welcome. For sure. <laughs> and you know, um, I, I see uh, a lot of different celebrities now. You know, also coming and and speaking out. Um, um, as well as, you know, activists and politicians. So it, I feel like, you know, we are all coming together. We, we do um, notice and, and, and definitely uh, think this is a situation that we all have to uh, be as one and, and speak out on it, you know. Um, so I definitely want to, to uh, give uh, definitely uh, my, my, my way of commending those who, who want to make a difference and, and change what's happening. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just like, you know, find the courage, speak up. So use your platforms, try to get the message out there. Don't let just one perspective be the only perspective and, you know, encourage those people to go ahead and just like really speak upon what's going on out here. Because, you know, like I said, you know, um, we, we're in this for the long haul. Remember, I think at the end of the day, is the last four years was just the exposure of the reality and the face of what we're going to be dealing with going down the road. So, you know, just encourage people to keep speaking up, you know. Right. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on and having this really important important discussion. I know it, it was it's, it's heavy and there's a lot and it's still be going on and still a lot to process. But I appreciate you guys for for sharing with our audience your feelings and thoughts on what's been going on. And I hope you guys will come back in the future if you're interested in, in, uh, in having further, further discussions, whether it be on uh, things like this or things less sad and heavy. Um, but you're always welcome back onto Margin always Call. Down. Always down. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, I want to thank our guests again. And I want to thank our audience for listening to the show. And we'll see you guys next time. Quest on, everyone. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.